Hi, my name is Kurt, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Yes, I haven't been to a meeting in a long time, um, or at least not in a live meeting in a long time. It's been really such a weird time, especially in Overeaters Anonymous. So um, I'm really glad to be here. It's really kind of weird, especially since I got lost going to three different churches. Because I thought I knew where the hell I was going, and it was like I drove around, was like walked up to this church, it's like, isn't this St. Stephen's? And I was like, no, no, it's like there's no cars. Anyway, anyway blah, blah, blah. Um, so what it was like. So I I came here, I got sober when I was 35, and um, I'm 63, and I got uh, walked into Overeaters Anonymous um, at about age 40, I think. I, you know, I really don't even know my time to some extent. So I think I'm like right around 20 some, 21, 20 years, 20 to 21 years. Um, and I won't get to that part yet. I'll, I'll start with the beginning, or part of the beginning anyway. Um, I have this really weird blood disease. I have this blood disease called ITP, and it's chronic, and uh, it's kind of fatal, but for some reason I'm still alive. And I got it when I was in sixth grade, and I had um, I had my spleen removed, and I had all these different tests taken, and I went to Mayo Clinic, and they put me on prednisone for two years. And I doubled my weight when I was in seventh grade. I went from uh, 80 pounds to 175 pounds in six months. And so I think that you know, for me personally, it's like I always kind of go back to that because I have never been the same ever since. I think that was stunting or something changed within me physically um, to do with my weight. I was always a super skinny kid. Um, but I don't put a lot of, I hate to put blame on anything. I just don't think that's very healthy. I think it's more about like where you are in the present moment more than anything else, or it is, at least it is for me. And when I talk, I speak specifically for me because I think. Unlike other programs, 12-step programs, I think that Overeaters Anonymous is extremely personal and it is really like what's going on in your life and how you behave with food. Um, and trust me, by the time I got here and tried to do work steps based on, on Alcoholics Anonymous, it does not work, so don't even try it. Um, so let's see. So then I, uh, that was, uh, didn't get, I just stayed chubby. I just stayed chubby all the way through, uh, all the way through high school and all of my 20s. And then, you know, became a party boy and alcoholic. And I came out as gay when I was 22, uh, moved to Oregon. I think that was also part of my personal trauma is like being raised in a small town in Minnesota and trying to be who I was as a person in the world. Um, I needed to get the hell out of there to do it. So I moved here. And um, I immediately got into the food and beverage business, and I loved it. Shocking. Um, <laughs> I was obsessed with the food and beverage business. I thought it was so much fun. And it was a giant party uh, for like the first 10 years. And it was crazy, and it was fun. And, and then um, uh, I could really tell by the time I was 30 that there was something like not right with the way that I ate compared to the way that the rest of the people ate around me. I never stopped really eating. I just kind of grazed throughout the entire day. And there was always, and this has not changed. I am now, I'm a caterer. Um, I'm still in the food and beverage business, um, but it's it's a, just a different thing. There is always food around. No matter where you go, there's always somebody cooking something. It's there. It's in front of you. It's around. Somebody's trying to shove something in your mouth the entire time. Also, they're trying to get you to drink something. Um, and it was super fun, and I loved it. I learned a lot about food, and I know a lot about food and beverage, and um, 
it was a great, great, great time. I was at this restaurant, it's called Papa Hayden. I was there for 17 years. I was the baker there and made all their wedding cakes for nine years. So I was in the fucking sugar. Um, and I mean, I hate to say it like that, but it was like, you cannot avoid it. Uh, and it, it, was, it was fun, but it was constantly in my mouth. And there were a couple of, both my experience in Alcoholics Anonymous and in OA has been a bright light experience. It's never been like the, um, I've just had those moments of clarity where it was like, this is it. And I had, that was my experience at Alcoholics Anonymous where it was like one day I woke up and was like, okay, I can't do this shit one more day. This is crazy. What am I doing? And then I drank for another five, four more years and then did it again, woke up and was like, okay, this is it. I can't do this. I'm done. And that was exactly what happened to Noe. Um, I, I was, I don't think I was out of control, but it was, but it was nutty. My weight wasn't, wasn't, um, I wasn't huge. I've always been around 225. Um, and I've always worn a 30 size six pants, which is kind of big for a boy, but, um, it just is what it is. And I was, uh, I had this apartment in Southeast Portland and the bedroom in the apartment had a mirrored wall and the one, and which was kind of all telling, you know, it was like, I've never gotten away from mirrors. Now I'm obsessed with mirrors. Um, and I had the TV on one wall and I got into bed to like watch something and I was drinking Coke out of a liter, you know, like a big liter that was chilled. And I had one of those um, red vine buckets bucket, <laughs> clarified bucket, you know, like this. And I was sitting in bed drinking the Coke and eating the eating the red vines. And I looked over at the mirror and was like, well, this isn't right. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was just like this complete moment of clarity. It was like, well, this isn't right at all. This something's really, 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 really wrong. And so I thought, I'm going to go. I kind of knew about alcohol or uh, OA from Alcoholics Anonymous. I knew that it existed, but I did not think that it was going to be like an overeater. This is, I'm not going to do this shit. So I kind of thought about it for a little while. And then um, it just, I just kept having those experiences over and over and over again, where it's like, I'm eating two plates of food or I would go to the kitchen and there'd be something and I would be constantly in the refrigerator. If it wasn't out, I would go find it. So it was just like that like me having the experience of like, oh, this just doesn't end. I get it now. I'm kind of like getting it more um, every single day. So I, uh, <laughs> you know, I looked up, I looked up Overeaters Anonymous online, and there was a bunch of different meetings, and I found this one over on Bethany, and uh, I think it's Bethany and 30. Third, it's the Bethany Church. Anyway, seven o'clock, and so I thought I'll just go over there. And I did the same thing that I did uh, what I did when I got sober is like I drove my car and I sat in front of the building, <laughs> and I judged every single person that walked into the building, and was like, oh, this is not my people. This is not right. These are, this isn't gonna work. This is a nightmare. Which is, a, and then I had that again. I had one of those flashbacks where it was like, that's what Kurt. This is exactly what you did, in, you know, when you got sober. It's like you stood outside the the club and judged every single person. And then something, I mean, and I'm not kidding. It's just to 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 me, it seems weird. It was almost the exact same experience that I had in AA. Like I don't even know how I got from the car to the back back seat in the room. 
But I just ended up in the back seat of this meeting in in AA and I I didn't I had no idea what was going on. I mean to this day it's like I walk into meetings, I have no idea what's going on. But I had no idea what was going on and these people kept smiling at me. I thought that this is really fucked up. These people are really, <laughs> really starting to get on my nerves. It's like grating on my nerves. Um, but I stayed and this person walked up to me afterwards and she said, Hey, welcome. It's I'm it's really I'm glad that you're here. I was like, oh, okay, well, then I'll come back. And then I came back for seven more days, and that was the first time I was sober in 20 years for um, seven days. So to me, it was kind of that miraculous experience. But that was the exact same thing that happened in OA. I did it for four weeks, and then finally it was like I drove a car, and I was just like, and I knew I had, you know, I'd already had a, a, a relationship with whatever. Um, and it was kind of like, okay, well, if I'm supposed to be in this meeting, you, I, I, I give it up. You need to get my ass into the meeting. So. Um, and again, I have no idea, but I just kind of ended up in this meet, in that meeting, like in this row, and um, it was a blur. I mean, the whole thing was a blur. It was like none of it made any sense. And I have been around program by this time for like eight years, and I was just like, what is? I just don't get this at all. So I thought, oh, I'll just come back. But I didn't like any of the people, and I didn't like the surroundings, and I thought it was really creepy. And, much like this kind of creepy basement where the lighting is really bad. And as a gay man, you want to change it all because it's horrible. Um, anyway, um, so I went back to next week, and um, that's where I really copped an attitude. That was where I just like really copped an attitude. It's like, I am not going to be this middle-aged housewife who falls into this meeting because I'm eating too much sugar. And I really wasn't listening to like what people were saying. I was really judging based on the people that were like in the room and who they were and what I thought they what their what their deal was. And then this annoying woman, um, again with the annoying woman thing, you know, I got home and oh, okay, thank you. She calls me up on the phone. And she goes, "How are you?" And I'm like, "I'm not good." And she's like, "Hey, well, it was just like so great. It's like I loved your share. It was like I don't even remember sharing." And um, uh, it, it was just weird. It was such a weird thing. It was like somebody had ever, I've never had anybody reach out to me ever like that in program, ever. And I hired her and she worked for my business for 20 years. Um, <laughs> and she's still like one of my best friends, like to this day. And I think you probably know Karen. She's Karen's been around for a really long time. So um, Karen and I are like this. Uh, but she was like the person that really got me into like made me think that I was cared about enough to come back to like get over my fear and my judgment and all the bullshit that was going on in my head so that I could actually focus on what was actually happening in the room and what was happening on the wall and what was happening within everybody as opposed to like everything else around me. So um, I thought, okay, you know, now I'm here, I got this, no problem, because I've done it before. <laughs> this is like, this is gonna be a cakewalk. So I just decided to do what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. So first I tried like eating absolutely no carbs whatsoever. And it was like, that was kind of, that didn't work, that failed. And then I tried eating no sugar and it was like, I couldn't do that. It was like, I was obsessed with sugar. And, and then I tried to, you know, I tried like 18 million things. And I just kept failing and failing and failing. So I did not stay absent. It took me two years, like just like going to the meetings before like anything actually happened. And it happened. And then one day I walked into the meeting and again I had like one of those like mo it wasn't even a moment of clarity at this point it was just kind of like I was listening for an answer and it's like I really just wanted to I really just wanted to hear an answer and internally I was going I give up 
You know, it was like I was really doing step one in my head, finally, you know, in some weird way. It just took that time. It was like, I give up. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to, like, get to the next step or get to the next thing? And um, Gary goes, well, why don't you try this? I was like, oh, wait a minute. Try that. Try that. Okay, I'll try that. So once I stopped, once I stopped listening to me and I kind of gave it up to the group, I started listening for the next right thing. And what happened was, it really was, Karen was like, why don't we just like eat on plates and not over the sink for like, let's just do that. It's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do that. It's like, so we, I quit eating over the sink. I quit eating in the refrigerator. Like literally, you like walk in the walk-in, there's a giant spoon in a dish and you can just shovel. It's always there. Um, and so it was like, and because she was, she wasn't with the business then, but it's like it was. She had just kind of like started going into the whole thing, so um, that was kind of like the first thing. It was like, all right, we're just not going to eat over the sink, period. And it's like, why don't we? And the next week it was like, hey, why don't we sit down and we'll just say like a prayer, like thanks, and that was the whole prayer. You know, it's just like thanks. Okay, it's like I got, I can do that. And it was little itty bitty increments of baby steps of like how I could just even get abstinent, whatever abstinent was because I was really I couldn't even figure out what the hell abstinence was for me um, so then once we got once I got really got into like doing step work and doing the actual step sex I, I really wanted to find out like because I couldn't figure out what everybody else was doing because everybody else had these weird stories and I'm I keep it down and she, you know she's not <laughs> she's not a person who keeps it down so it was like the anorexics and bulimics like kind of really threw me and people not talking about their food, I just thought was bullshit. It was like, well, let's talk about Fruit Loops, man, because it's like that's a problem. So it's like that kind of those little things kind of like threw me for a loop too. So once we got through a little bit of the steps, I really wanted to know like internally what was going on and what what the what the deal was. And so after like doing a lot of the steps, and once I got to one, two, three, and four and five, it really became clear to me that it was the upset for me for me, an obsession of the mind because I never stopped thinking about food. So from the time I got up in the morning, it was like, okay, what am I gonna eat? And I still do this, I eat the exact same thing every single day, 15 minutes with it, by the time I get up. Um, I would think about what I was going to eat. And then once I got done eating it, I would start thinking about what I was going to eat for lunch. And then once I finished lunch, it'd be like what I was gonna eat for dinner. So it was in my head the entire time like that and that was the piece that really drove me crazy it was just I couldn't really focus on like what I needed to do in my career I couldn't really focus what I wanted to do with my relationships I couldn't really focus on what going on in my life because I was all encompassed in food so really what I what I prayed for was and what I asked for and what I've been given is the relief from my own brain and so um and I'll get into it, but, um, you know, really, it's just like, I don't, once it was lifted after two years and after doing enough work and whatever, um, I don't know where it is. It just, all of a sudden, it became very clear to me. It was like, oh, I am now eating breakfast, and then I'm going on with my day, and then I eat lunch, and then I go on with my day, and then I eat dinner, and then I finish the evening, and that's the day. And there's no insanity. So, you know, for me, it's just, I don't know how it is for anybody else. I think some, there's other people out there like, that are like that, but maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. I, I've heard other people's stories and we don't all match. Um, it's very, 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 very different. So, um, yeah. 
so that's that's kind of like what my abstinence is and it's really um airy fairy because i played with it for like the first few years so much that I would just get into like I would get into trouble so I would never even say that I've lost my abstinence I just give myself a lot of leeway and that's that that strictness bullshit kind of stuff just doesn't work for me it's like it's never going to work for me I just know it the minute I start getting really rigid around something it's like all stuff starts to fall apart so it's like I don't do like I'm not going to eat sugar this week I'm not going to eat carbohydrates that week I'm not going to it's just like one more thing to um pulsate on in my head so i've just kind of like let all that go and allowed you know whatever it to guide me and i'm uh, trust me i'm no angel i've like done some i've done some stupid shit with food and some stupid shit with um behavior around food and stupid shit with exercise and all of everything in between um but i really feel like i've had a sense of abstinence throughout these years that has been, um, you know, it's been like this. You know, it's really been like this. It's never been like this, and I never thought it would be. It's completely different from Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, completely different. So for me, I've never really gone, and I've never really gone, and I don't really like to be there. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it just feels, this feels like ego, and this feels like, um, self-abuse to some extent and that's not a happy place for me so I try to like just kind of stay in the air and um, you know it's food uh, it's funny because uh, now with the catering business um, you know we just got out of COVID and we almost we went from we were, <laughs> we were we're a very busy company, but we were went from being really big to absolutely nothing. We went from 250 employees to eight employees, and now we're just kind of coming back, and the food's starting to come back. And so I'm kind of having to like readjust as we move into this whole <laughs> new new world. But then I kept, you know, it's like I was having a little meditation this morning just before I came here, like talking about like, what am I going to talk about? I have nothing to say. Um, and uh, and I was and. I had this really weird sensation of like, you made casseroles all the way through COVID and you ate every piece of it. It's like, nothing's changed. Just continue down the path. It's like, just stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. That was like, and that's how it, the thing, kind of like guides me throughout my path in this um, recovery of what we're doing. Um, and then, you know, even, just I'll just throw this out there because I think it was like it was super important for me. So Karen and I decided as we continue this path, we have like done we do little weird things together. As we'll go like let's do no white for like a month. It's like oh, I'll do no white for a month. That'll be fun. It's like, we'll do it. We'll see how it goes. And then if it doesn't work, it's like text me. I don't want to do it. I want to do something else. And it's like okay, done. So then we start we start texting food. So we have texted food for five years and we text at the end of the day and we text breakfast lunch and dinner um and it's really funny because i started going through it and the, the um i was talking to her on the phone and i said how long have we been texting food i was I wanted to share that with my story because it was so important for me now because i get to look back and i not even look back but it's like it's a it's a diary of what 
how I eat and how each she eats. And we eat so completely differently as a I keep it down and she throws it up kind of person. Um, you know, she, I'm a, I'll eat everything. She's a picker. You know, she's like, I had a, I had a carrot and a piece of cream cheese. And it's like, ah, I had a bowl of lasagna and ate meatballs. But, you know, it's like so completely different. But it's just like an eye-opening experience to like look at your own food. But the really cool thing was after looking back, like when we first started, I was looking at it. I was like, uh, I was a fucking liar. I was like leaving out peanut butter cups and I was leaving out truffles and I was leaving out this and I was leaving out that. And it was like, oh, it's just gotten so much better. You know, as the years have gone by, it's like, it's so clean now. I feel comfortable. I feel safe with her. I feel safe um, sharing that information. I don't feel judged. I don't feel... Um, like I'm getting, I don't, we don't give each other feedback. It's like, I don't know, I did you eat another carrot? Did I can't, you know, I, that we don't do that shit. It's like, just doesn't work. It's really for ourselves to just like look at where we are. And so for me, that's been like a super big tool is just like constantly connecting with somebody in the program and having that conversation to continue about it. Because for me, it would also be, oh, really? Yeah. Just 20 minutes? Yeah. Build it up. No. Well, just let me let me let me just say this. It's like because it's so different because I have tried also if you're if you're in another program to bullshit. It's so easy to bullshit other people in other programs. Like you can lie, but it's just you can just go and they'll believe anything. So anyway, I don't. If you got something out of that, I'm that's great. And if you didn't, I'm. I'm sorry, I bothered you with my time. <laughs> <laughs>